The following is a hoop ball presentation. Two wins away, Hoop Ball Laker Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast, riding solo today as the Lakers go up 2-0 in the NBA Finals. This is your main man, Ethan Noroff. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff and the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast at Hoop Ball Lakers. The Lakers are up. 2-0 in the NBA Finals, two wins away from reclaiming their first title since Kobe was still dancing, and it's gotta feel good, Laker Nation, because you look up and down at this game, game two, the Lakers did not play their best brand of basketball, still came out with a win, and watching this game, I had one thought as the primary sort of driver in how the Lakers won this game, and it is simply the talent differential. Yes, Miami was down, bam, out of bio. Yes, Miami was down Goran Dragic, but the talent on this Lakers team, regardless of the Heat personnel that they are pushing out there, is just too much to handle. Miami doesn't have any answers for LeBron James. Miami doesn't have any answers for Anthony Davis. And this isn't so much a knock on Miami as it is the reality the NBA is facing. Because when you sit here and you look at Miami's game, their game too, they played well offensively. They shot better than 50% from the field. They shot better than 40% from the three-point line. Miami shot over 90% from the foul line. Had twice the amount of free throw attempts that the Lakers did. 34 to 17. That's something we'll talk about. But at the end of the day, the Lakers were just able to dominate because 16 offensive rebounds plus 11 rebounds overall. The Lakers took 97 shots in this game. Okay, I'm going to put that into context for you. Not only is that 26 more shots, 26 more attempts than Miami took, but the Lakers took 47. Yes, 47 three-pointers in game two. 47. That's two-thirds of the shots Miami took overall. The Lakers made 16 of those, connecting at a 34% clip. And that's how, how they were able to overcome Miami's push and stay in control of this series at 2-0. The Lakers continue to, to do a good job of getting into the paint. The Lakers are scoring at will in the paint with 56 points in the paint in the Game 2 victory. And again, a great job controlling the ball. Only nine turnovers in this one. A huge reason why the Lakers came out on top. Now, the Lakers went into halftime with a somewhat of a comfortable lead after leading by six after the first quarter. They outscored Miami by eight to take a 14-point lead into halftime. But Miami came out in the third quarter with 39 big points. And then the fourth quarter, everybody was just real tired at that point so you look up and down in this box score and obviously the thing that jumps out to you at first as it has throughout these playoffs the efforts of LeBron James and the efforts of Anthony Davis LeBron last night 33 points nine rebounds nine assists Anthony Davis 32 points 14 rebounds we like to see that from Mr. Anthony Davis including eight offensive rebounds on a clean 15 of 20 shooting and when LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined to go 29 of 45 from the field for 65 points it is going to be awfully difficult to beat this Lakers team you got contributions off the bench Rajon Rondo with a double double in his 26 minutes hello the good Rondo 16 and 10 for Rondo big stat only one turnover for him and he was three of four from beyond the arc and LeBron by the way zero turnover 
turnovers in this game. Nine assists, zero turnovers. So when Rondo and LeBron combine for 19 assists and one turnover, it's going to look good on paper. It's going to look good in reality. Alex Caruso dealt with a little bit of foul trouble in this one, although he was active defensively. His final line does not show how much he disrupted some of that action. Kyle Kuzma got himself into the mix. Markeith Morris hit a couple of threes. J.R. Smith oddly made an appearance. We did not see JaVale McGee in this game. I do not think we will see JaVale McGee again this season. Dwight Howard in his 17 minutes in the starting lineup really made his impact felt early. Kind of was MIA after that. Danny Green, another night where he struggled from the field. Only one of eight overall, all three-point attempts. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope once again struggled. Two of 11 from distance, four of 14 overall. But as we mentioned, it simply didn't matter because LeBron and Anthony Davis were just dominant in this one. And when you look at Miami's side, you have to think that they're going to give serious consideration to starting Kelly Olenek in a do-or-die game three. Myers Leonard was the fill-in. Well, let me backtrack that. You got to think they're going to give serious consideration to starting Kelly Olenek if Bam Adebayo is not available for game three. He seems to think that he will be. He told Yahoo's Chris Haynes that he plans to be on the floor. Goran Dragic, we haven't heard much about him, whether or not he will be available. But operating in the assumption that Bam is not available, you have to think Miami is going to start Kelly Olenek. Myers Leonard started in game two, only nine minutes for him. And Kelly Olenek wound up with a whopping 37 minutes in this one and played a great game. 24 points, nine rebounds, hit a few trays. Jimmy Butler was once again excellent, 25 points, 8 rebounds, 13 assists, but Miami just didn't get enough help. Duncan Robinson continues to struggle. He did hit a couple of threes in this one, but only 9 points overall and minus 21 in his 22 minutes. Tyler Hero, 43 minutes in this game, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, but a quiet night overall. Not somebody who really made his impact felt on the game, it felt like. When he was out there, there wasn't a whole lot where he did to change the momentum. And although Miami played very well offensively, defensively, the effort was simply not there. Kendrick Nunn did get a lot more playing time without Dragic available, as we predicted, 13 points in his 29 minutes. Old man Andre Iguodala played 26 minutes in this game, but that was it. Miami went with a very short rotation. Kendrick Nunn, Iguodala, and Olenek, basically it off the bench. And when you play eight guys and you're down two starters, it is going to be tough to beat this very, very good I would say great Lakers team. The Lakers are, are in a great position for a couple of reasons. Not only do they cl clearly have more talent than Miami, not only are they clearly uh, better suited to fill this, the shoes that this stage requires, the lights look a little bit too bright for Miami, and the Lakers are in the driver's seat when it comes to the momentum. They are locked in from a chemistry standpoint, even through the disagreements that LeBron and AD, for the first time in a while, we saw them kind of barking at each other in game two. Even through that, they were able to push through. And I have to sit here and again, give so much credit to Frank Vogel. He has this team locked in. And I know people want to sit here and say, LeBron James is the leader. Anthony Davis is the leader. And I get it. They are important on-court leaders, but this team is being fueled by the overall direction and to miss, it would be a mistake to sit here and say Frank Vogel and his coaching staff have, have absolutely nothing to do with it. I loved what they said on the broadcast last night, giving co the coaching staff credit and specifically singling out Lionel Holland 
Hollins. If you remember, Lionel Hollins was not able to join the Lakers in the NBA's bubble, but Frank Vogel made a point of saying he has been invaluable in meetings. He is still contributing, and it looks like the Lakers are totally locked in as they try to capture their next NBA title. Things to look forward to in Game 3. I think the Lakers got to continue doing what they have been doing. I think there's too many attempts from the three-point line in game two, 47 three-point attempts. That's not the Lakers' MO for how they are traditionally successful. It was nice nice to see them shoot better than 50% from the field overall, despite the high volume of three-point attempts. But the Lakers need to get to the foul line more. Only 10 of 17 in this game, so the efficiency is a problem, including LeBron's two of five from the line. But the Lakers simply need to get more at the foul line. They cannot be doubled up by Miami and think that that is going to be a blueprint for which they can replicate success. They're asking a lot of Anthony Davis. They're asking a lot of LeBron James. But the reality is this is how this Lakers team was built to ask a lot of those two guys. And if you sat here and I ask you guys, the listeners, this question, who is your NBA Finals MVP through two games? Is it LeBron James or is it Anthony Davis? Or is it both of these guys? Because both have a very clear claim to the NBA Finals MVP at this time. However, we think that only one of them may be able to get it. Now, LeBron's game one, he was 25, 13, and nine. He was excellent. Game two, we said 33, nine, and nine. He was excellent again. But you look at Anthony Davis and you say, okay, game one, 34, nine, and five. Game two, 32, and 14. I mean, there's reason to believe that perhaps, perhaps we could have a co-NBA Finals MVP, although I don't think it's likely. It will be interesting no matter what in the event that the Lakers do wind up winning the NBA championship, just as a subtext, because if Anthony Davis winds up crowning, uh, getting crowned as the NBA Finals MVP, some people are going to try to use that as a shot at LeBron. They're going to sit here and say, oh, LeBron needed Anthony Davis to win a title. You know what? Phil Jackson needed good players. Michael Jordan needed a support cast. Kobe Bryant had the help of Shaq, had the help of Powell. This is how great teams win. They have help. Nobody does it completely by himself, okay? This narrative that, oh, you're only a true champion if you don't get the help and yada, yada, yada. It's garbage. It's cockamamie. I don't want to hear it anymore. These people who try to push down LeBron to say, well, he has a losing record in the finals no matter what. Do you understand how hard it is to get there year over year? Do you understand the level of patience, the level of dedication, the level of work ethic it demands, especially with how crappy some of LeBron's teams have been, who he has taken there earlier in his career. And of course, this Lakers team is better than what what it was last season. It's laughable to sit here and think that there were people who thought, ah, the Lakers kind of gave up too much for Anthony Davis. Okay. How do you feel about that now? I, I can't stress it enough. This is what good teams do. They put a supporting cast around their star or star players in an effort to help them, in an effort to support their style of game. And guess what? That's exactly what the Lakers have been able to do. I think guys like, you know, obviously Rondo has stepped up, but Caruso's emergence this season into a true NBA role player. I mean, nobody's looking at Caruso and say, ah, maybe he could be a backup point guard, kind of like a two-way player. No, this guy is a legit NBA player. Markeith Morris has had a bigger impact on this Lakers team than I imagined when he was when he first came over. And I love to see it because he's exactly the type of big that this team was missing. So it's been wonderful to see, especially as some of the parts around the main guys being Anthony Davis and LeBron James figure out where they fit. 
you can see that this Lakers team, when things are clicking, when Danny Green is making shots, when Contavious Caldwell-Pope is making shots, why they can be so explosive. You can also see why they're a problem even when those guys are struggling from the floor because the pure dominance of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The Lakers did a really good job of breaking down the zone that Miami tried to put on them. I was surprised after game one that Miami tried a zone. But Eric Spolstra is probably like, look, what do I do? Tyler Hero in man-to-man defense, Duncan Robinson in man-to-man defense, Myers Leonard in man-to-man defense. His his options are limited. He's sort of handicapped in what he could potentially do with this group. And I give Miami a lot of credit because nobody, and I mean nobody, expected them to be in this position, save for Jimmy Butler, a man who is never short on confidence. So it's great that they're here, and it's great that they represent the Eastern Conference Finals or in the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. But the reality is this Lakers team is just too good for them. I'm still not going to sit here and say that the Heat aren't going to win a game. I'm not going to say that it's going to be a sweep no matter what. This Heat team has plenty of fight in it. We saw it in game one a little bit at the first quarter before it fell off. And then we saw it in game two a lot better. So I'm not ready to sit here and crown a sweep because that's incredibly hard to do. But you have to reflect on these first two games and go, wow, the Lakers are in the driver's seat. And man, do they feel good about it. So I know when I look at game three, I'm going to look at that line and say, hey, How's it looking for the Lakers' favor? And hey, how's it looking for that over-under? Because the other observation I had in Game 2 is at several different points of this one, and in particular in the fourth quarter, guys on both sides started to look really tired. And the reality is they've been playing basketball for a calendar year at this point. So it's no surprise that these guys are tired. And that's, again, a credit to really both of these teams for being able to be disciplined and locked in and still going at this point because it has been a slog. So when I look ahead to game three, I'm going to be looking at that over under. I'm going to be looking at the spread. You know, the Lakers will be favored. And if you're a betting man like me, first of all, you got to do one thing. Okay. And that one thing is you got to follow our hoop ball gaming account, because if you're not following our hoop ball gaming account, you're missing out. They give the best bet tips. They give you the lines that are good, that are picks to click. If you're not listening to that podcast, you're selling yourself short. If you're going online and making those bets for us, it's easy. You go to my bookie with my bookie, you bet, you win, and they pay. The best part about it, if you join today, my bookie will match your deposit 100%. You put in $100, they give you an extra 100. That's 200 you're playing with. That's playing with the house money. We know we like that line in Vegas. Plus, as an addition, they've been bumping up lines. They've been having specials. They've been having bets that are literally free money. So all you got to do is hit it at mybookie.ag and enter the promo code HOOPBALL. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, HOOPBALL, when signing up. And remember, at mybookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. I got to say, I've been able to make a little bit of cash on the side betting on the first two games of this series and there's been some nice over-unders we've been able to take advantage of some player prop bets overall the lakers uh betting on the lakers side of the action as well and i think when you're looking at game three i'm curious to see what the level of discipline the lakers come out with on the defensive end because if i know this lakers team like i think that i do frank vogel lebron james and anthony davis are going to look at what miami was able to do and how efficient they were from the three and how efficient they were from the field and how efficient and how much volume they had from the free throw line and say that cannot happen again. You even saw LeBron after the game two win as he was heading back to the locker room and basically said, look, I'm glad we got the win, 
But I also know that we did not play our best brand of basketball, so there's nothing to be satisfied with here. So although the Lakers are up 2-0, it is very nice not to see them in constant celebration or in early celebration mode. And I think the Lakers recognize the opportunity that they have in front of them. There is nothing guaranteed for tomorrow. There is nothing guaranteed for next season. The Western Conference should be just as strong, if not stronger, next season. Remember, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, that Golden State duo. You want to throw Draymond Green in there? Okay, fine. That's fine, too. But they're going to be back in the playoff picture. Everybody's going to be gunning for the Lakers in the outcome that they are ultimately crowned the NBA Finals champion, and it's going to be a big target on their back moving forward. So the Lakers recognize the value of this moment. And again, I just have to sit here and say how unbelievably poetic, how unbelievably amazing that the Lakers are in this position with this opportunity in this particular season, given given everything that has transpired in Lakerland. Of course, led by Kobe's tragic passing and, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic extending out the season to new heights. So these Lakers are not going to take anything for granted. I have to say, I have to give Rajon Rondo some credit here because I was incredibly hard on him earlier this season. I've been incredibly hard on him even sometimes in these playoffs. But man, he has really, really had an impact on this team that I did not necessarily expect, although I knew he was capable of. You have to remember that as much as Rondo hates the, the, the nickname Playoff Rondo, it is clear that he becomes something greater than he is in the regular season when the lights turn on, so to speak. Rajon Rondo, for him to be able to come off the bench in 26 minutes and deliver this double-double of 16 and 10, what a huge boost to the Lakers' offense. He was also very effective in helping to break down the zone at times, getting into the middle as well as LeBron James. And the fact that Rajon Rondo has transformed himself not into a good three-point shooter, but into at least a respectable three-point shooter really changes the dynamics in which how you can approach to guard him. You can't just sag off of him on the three-point line because he'll take the shot. And when Rondo gets his shoulder square or and or he does that little LeBron James sidestep before he takes the three, he has really found a good rhythm from back there. So it's been really wonderful to see that a guy who's this deep into his career can integrate new things for the benefit of both himself and his team. And remember, we didn't even know how effective or available Rajon Rondo would even be when he dealt with that thumb injury earlier in the bubble. So it's been great to see him back in action. And I've really been digging lineups that include Rondo and Caruso on the floor at the same time. At one point in game two, the Lakers had Rondo, Caruso, KCP, LeBron, and AD out there. And I love the idea of that lineup, especially if Rondo's able to hit threes. And Caruso, too. Caruso only took five shots last night, but four of them were for behind the arc, and he hit two of them. So if Caruso and Rondo are establishing themselves as respectable three-point shooters, KCP can be a threat from out there, although he runs hot and cold, as we know, but you still got to guard him. It opens up so much on the court for LeBron James and Anthony Davis, especially if they want to utilize that pick and roll. So it will be very interesting to see how the Lakers continue to operate from the three-point line. But of everybody who took threes last night, I mean, just LeBron took eight threes on his own. The Lakers starting five between KCP, LeBron, Danny Green, and Anthony Davis, 28 three-point attempts. Then off the bench, you had six from Kuzma, five from Morris, four from Rondo, and four from Caruso. So it was bombs away in game two. I Again, I do not think that is a sustainable blueprint because as JC and I sat here and discussed after the game one win, yes, we love to see that the Lakers were clicking from behind the arc, but we knew that that 13 of 20 start was going to be unsustainable, and that's exactly what we saw in this game. 
the nice thing is the Lakers were able to keep their dedication to defense enough to a point where they were able to take control of this game and they weren't giving Miami just anything that they wanted. Although Miami was efficient from the floor with their 36 of 71, they had to work for their opportunities. And when you allow your opposition, if you're Miami, when you allow your opposition, and in this case, obviously being the Lakers, to have 26 more shot attempts than you do, 26 more, it is going to be incredibly difficult to win because the Lakers only came out as 10-point winners in this one. So you got to think if Miami is able to cut off 20 shot attempts from the Lakers in this game, it might have been a different outcome. And again, credit is due to Miami because offensively, they played well down two of their key cogs. But at the end of the day, if you're going to give up over 120 points to the Lakers, an elite defensive team, especially when they want to be, it is going to be incredibly difficult for you to come out on top. What is not difficult is the decision for you to switch to Manscaped. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you clearly don't listen to the show enough. You clearly don't listen to my grooming tips and tricks. And you clearly got to get on the bandwagon because the Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. You know what I'm talking about. It's the Lawnmower 3.0. The premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof. It includes an LED light and is made with advanced skin safe trademark technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You get this trimmer inside their perfect package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver, also trademarked, ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, trademarked, ball toning spray, both super practical, plus they smell great too. You know your girl will appreciate it and you already know what you need to do. Get 20% off and free shipping. You heard me. That's a double discount only with the code HOOPBALL20. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping only at manscaped.com with the code HOOPBALL20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. I love that line from the moose to the caboose. You got to make sure you're clean down there, especially if you're in, you know, in this COVID-19 climate. And if you're in the dating scene and depending upon what level of comfort, where you live in the world, et cetera, et cetera, your health status, all of that. You got to make sure you're as clean and crisp as possible. So we appreciate what the guys and the whole team does do at Manscaped because we would not be able to function as efficiently or as aerodynamically as we do without them. When the Lakers resume the action in game three on Sunday. I think there's a couple of things that I'd like to see immediately. One is I'd like to see a commitment to defense. Miami only scored 23 points in the first quarter of game two, but then they scored 70. You heard me 70 points in the next two quarters. They got to make sure that doesn't happen, that that dip with the second unit doesn't create that defensive divide. Because remember, at the start of the second quarter is typically when Anthony Davis takes his first rest of the game. So when Anthony Davis comes out, the Lakers still need to lock in. I'm also curious to see what the playing time looks like at center. Dwight Howard only 17 minutes in game two. Markeith Morris was 16. And of course, we saw AD inside quite a bit as well. AD and LeBron are going to continue to carry a heavy low 39, 40, 41, 42 minutes. I wouldn't expect anything less at this point given how close the Lakers are to finishing the job, but the job is not yet finished as they would be the first ones to tell you. And the other thing I'm looking to 
is can the Lakers create easier offense? Because obviously they can't be reliant upon the three-point shot to create their sole offense. So I'm looking to see if the Lakers can create some easier offense. 32 assists in game two on 49 made field goals. Not a bad, not a bad ratio. I mean, that's about two-thirds of the of the made buckets being assisted on. But when you look at Miami's side, they had 29 assists, 29 on their 36 makes. So they were moving the ball what appeared to be a little bit more effectively when it came to their own offense. So I'm looking for a defensive commitment at the start, but especially when Anthony Davis takes his rest and as well as a more efficient offense. I'm also curious to see if Rajon Rondo might play a little bit more and if Danny Green might play a little bit less. It looked like Danny Green was really hurting at certain points. Now, he's got a very strange way that he runs and moves up and up and down the court. You would think he's in pain all the time, but the reality is he's always done it like that in his career. But there was a time last night where in game two, he looked like he was in pain. KCP looked like he was looking at his hand and his fingers a little bit. So I'm curious to see if Rondo and Caruso play a little bit more as a result of those two guys. But if either KCP or DG come out hot, you know that they'll get their time. Danny Green, only 22 minutes in game two, less than Alex Caruso less than Rajon Rondo so we will see how it shakes out if you're a Lakers fan you have to be sitting here feeling good I know that I am and as we prepare for game three together it is surreal to say once again that the Lakers are two games out from the NBA finals trophy so until next time Game three on the horizon, an NBA Finals championship, hopefully coming back to Los Angeles. We'll see you soon. We out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.